This morning we'll take a quick look at one of the most popular saints in the world. For centuries he's been revered and invoked by both Eastern and Western Catholics. He's a saint whose story was handed down by word of mouth. We don't have a lot of details about him, but the original Catholic attitude is derived from the fourth commandment. Generally speaking, if our fathers in the faith told us something happened, then it did. We take them at their word. Somewhere around the year 200, a heathen in the Middle East had a son whom he dedicated to the pagan gods Mahmet and Apollo. In those days, long before men took growth hormone and steroid shots, this pagan boy named Reprobus grew into a huge giant of a man with a very fearsome face. Naturally enough, in those days, a huge, ugly giant like that was in great demand as a guard or a warrior. But Reprobus decided he was not going to sell himself short. In fact, Reprobus decided that he would only serve the greatest master. He struck out from home and traveled around till he found a mighty king who had this general reputation and entered into his service. Everything was going fine until one day a court minstrel was singing a song that mentioned the devil. Reprobus noticed that the king trembled every time the devil was mentioned. This pagan man realized that his king was afraid of even hearing about the devil, so he told the king, if you're afraid of the devil, this proves that he's greater and more powerful than you are, or you wouldn't be afraid of him. So I'm going to go and look for the devil and accept him as my lord and master and become his servant. And so he set off to look for the devil. Excuse me for pointing out the obvious, but before we go any farther, we don't ever want to try something like this. If the devil can appear to our Lord and lay the kingdoms of the world at the feet of the Son of God, don't think for a minute he couldn't appear to sinners like us. So don't try this at home or anywhere else. It's a mortal sin against the first commandment, and if anyone pulls a stunt like this, not only will they lose the holy faith, but it's almost a cinch bet they'll be damned also. Remember that Reprobus is an ignorant pagan. Okay, now back to the story. As Reprobus is traveling along through the desert, he encountered a fierce-looking soldier who asked him just what he thought he was doing. Reprobus replied, I'm looking for the devil. I want to take him for my master. The fierce-looking soldier replied, I'm the one you're looking for. Reprobus was delighted to hear this and acknowledged the devil as his lord and master and promised to serve him faithfully. They traveled along until they came to a cross standing by the side of the road. When the devil saw it, he led Reprobus on some kind of crazy detour out through the brush and around before they came back to the road. Reprobus wondered what was going on, and then he realized the devil was afraid of the cross and noticed that he was trembling. After some prodding, the devil finally admitted he was afraid of someone, a man that the cross reminded him of. But he wouldn't say who. So once again, this pagan giant of a man realized that if the devil was afraid of someone, then that someone who was associated with the cross must be a greater master. 
So what happened? Reprobus told the devil, I intend to serve only the most fearless, strongest, mightiest master. If you're afraid of this man, that proves that he is greater and more powerful than you are, or you wouldn't be afraid of him. And so I'm going to go in search of this man in order to accept him as my Lord and Master and become his servant. Now there's more to the story, and we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, let's stop and ask ourselves a question. Although Reprobus has a relatively good idea, he only wants to serve the mightiest master, still he's a pagan, so in his first few attempts, he's getting it wrong. After all, you can't get it much more seriously wrong than serving the devil deliberately. Anyway, the basic idea is good. It's sort of a confused version of the first commandment. A question that we all ought to ask ourselves is, a question that's really worth pondering, is who am I serving? Am I serving God? Is He really in first place? Or someone or something else the mightiest master in my life? Money? Pleasure? Power? Prestige? Other men's opinions? Comfort? When I look deep into my heart of hearts, who's really ruling there? Is there anything or anyone I have to give up in order to serve the mightiest master? The life of Reprobus ought to give us all pause to reflect on those wonderful lines of St. Ignatius of Loyola, whose feast we celebrated yesterday. Quote, Man is created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by this means to save his soul. And the other things on the face of the earth are created for man, and that they might help him in obtaining the end for which he is created. From this it follows that man is to use those other things insofar as they help him towards his end, not to rid himself of them insofar as they hinder him to his end. He ought to desire and choose only what is most conducive for the end for which he is created. Close quote, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Is there anything or anyone I have to give up in order to serve the mightiest master? At any rate, Reprobus searched for some time before he found a holy hermit who told him about the man, the God-man, associated with the cross. The hermit had Reprobus swear his allegiance to Christ the King and then he instructed Reprobus in our holy faith and finally baptized him, giving the ugly giant a good Christian name. The giant asked the hermit, what must I do to serve Christ? The hermit replied, fast, my son. The ugly giant replied, that will be difficult at first. Then you must pray, pray without ceasing. But can't I begin with something else, at least, until I know my prayers? 
the hermit pointed to a turbulent river where many people had been drowned and said, you're big enough and strong enough. If you stay here and take the travelers out for nothing, it'll be work of charity that will greatly praise Christ our King. The ugly giant said, good, I can give that kind of service, and I promise to serve him in that way. He found a good place near the river, built a shelter to live in, and cut a long pole to steady himself in the current. Then he began working as a ferryman, cheerfully carrying travelers across the river on his back for the love and service of Christ. He had finally found the mightiest master. One day a child begged the giant to carry him across the river. The giant heaved the little boy on his shoulders, grabbed his staff, and began wading through the river. With each step, the child grew heavier and heavier, and the weight pressed so down so hard on this good giant that he was afraid he was going to founder. But he finally made the other bank. When he finally set the child down, he said, My boy, you're such a heavy load, it seemed like I had the entire world on my shoulders. And the little boy replied, Don't be surprised. You had the creator of the whole world on your shoulders. I'm Christ your king. And after a short conversation, the little boy vanished. Now we can easily see what a prophetic name the hermit had given to Reprobus. At his baptism, he named him Christopher. Even in English, it's easy to make out the meaning. You have Christ and fairy, the same root as the word fairy. Christ, fairy, Christopher, the Christ bearer, the Christ carrier, the Christ fairy. Christopher means the Christ bearer. The ugly giant who vowed only to serve the most fearless, strongest, mightiest master. The ugly giant who made a vow to serve the devil. The ugly giant who carried the Christ child across the river. The ugly giant named Christopher quit being ugly on the day he saw his master again. He quit being ugly on the day he met the Blessed Virgin. He quit being ugly on the day he was martyred in Lycia during the persecution of Dacius around the year 250. On the day he became Saint Christopher. Isn't it funny that nowadays no one would have a problem believing an ugly giant exists as long as he's a professional wrestler or he's in some stupid spy movie? But if the fathers tell us about one that became a saint, a saint so popular that millions of people for over 17 centuries have been devoted to him and asked for his help from heaven, why is it that now sophisticated modern people assume it's all a myth? Isn't that funny? No, it's not funny. It's sad because it just shows a loss of faith in our Holy Mother of the Church that approved prayers to the giant and a loss of respect for our fathers in the faith who told us the truth about the ugly giant who finally found the mightiest master whom he wanted to serve. The ugly giant who became a saint has become one of the most popular saints in the church. He's 
one of the 14 holy helpers. He protects against lightning, storms, demons, disease, and accidents of all kinds. Among other things, he's a patron saint of gardeners, bookbinders, sailors, and of course, travelers. I certainly pray to him every time I go anywhere, and not just when I'm driving. Last week, I had a particularly serious spiritual problem presented to me. It was the eve of the feast of St. Christopher, and so I made a deal with him. I told him that if this problem came to a happy solution, I'd preach about him today. As you can see, I'm holding up my end of the deal. What about St. Christopher? He came through in about 10 minutes. He's powerful. He's a spiritual giant. He's one of the 14 holy helpers. This day, the holy giant may not be popular in some pseudo-sophisticated circles, but he's still in heaven, and he's still ready to help us out if we just turn and ask him. Let's close with the official prayer of the church offered to God on his feast day, July 25th. This is taken from the Roman Missal. Grant, we beseech thee, almighty God, that we who celebrate the festival of blessed Christopher the martyr may by his intercession be strengthened in the love of thy name. St. Christopher, pray for us.